Hi everybody, welcome to the 100 Pounders meeting. It is Wednesday the 1st of November and today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Don B. Don first came to OA around about I think circa 1978 and she's here with us today from Irvine, California to uh, share her experience, strength and hope. Don, I am going to leave it up to you now. Take it away. Thank you so much. My name is Don B. And it is just absolutely a joy to be here with each and every one of you today. I consider it such a privilege. It is absolutely a miracle uh, to be here. And I am not kidding when I say miracle. Um, yeah, I started back in OA back in 19, I believe it was in January of 1978. And I was uh, 19 years old. I was telling everybody I was 18, but actually did the math this morning. And I was actually 19, <laughs> 19 years old when I came in. Uh, and what happened was a uh, professional doctor came over from Mayo Clinic to our college where I was going. And uh, somebody and he worked with people with obesity issues Um and somebody asked him, you know, what's the best program out there for losing weight? And he gave it some thought and he said, well, for the long haul, uh, I would say Overeaters Anonymous. And I said, that is for me. I have no idea what that is, but that is for me. And so I found a meeting and went to a meeting and I have been a member. Uh, I always considered my myself a member uh, for all of these years, but I have to confess that, that for a number of those years, the only one who knew I was a member was me. Uh, but uh, I I have been a member since then, and I did the math again today, and that's been 45 years, if you can believe that. That is downright incredible. Um, 45 years, and the uh, amazing thing is, is why I'm actually here speaking with you. The miraculous thing uh, is that uh, for 34 years, 34 of those years, I had failure in the program. I had, I could not for the life of me string together much abstinence, more than three days here, uh, seven days there, 21 days once or twice in 34 years. So if you think about it, uh, Failure in the program, half measures, delusional thinking, that really is my expertise. Um, that's what I'm just, I should have a doctorate in that, in this program, if that, if they give, gave that in a failure and a half measures, um, that would be what I would have. So, uh, given that specialty, I hope that I can really speak today to, um, anybody who out there who is struggling. Um, because if I can do it, if it can happen for me after 34 years of failure, trust me, it can happen for you. And I absolutely can tell you now after 11 years of being abstinent um, that it is a absolute miracle. This program absolutely works. I at the top weight that I had, I don't really know what my top weight was. Uh, maybe if you could read if you could possibly put the picture up. Uh, that is that picture there is not my top weight. I have purposefully destroyed all of the large pictures that I had of me 
when I was at, you know, the highest weight. And then the one on the right is a more recent photo. Um, so that's not my top weight, but uh, I really, and like I say, I don't know what it was, but I know that I'm down over 120, 100. I really have no idea how much, because like I say, I stopped weighing myself when I got the heaviest um, and just went on a hope and a prayer and, yeah, it just wasn't working. I, uh, at the end, I could barely make it up a flight of stairs. I had to stop multiple times, huffing and puffing. My heart was doing all kinds of strange things. And, uh, I was just living a life of hell. I really was. I was fighting everything and everyone. I was, um, you know, my husband didn't know who he was going to get if he, if he was going to give, get angry, Dawn, or if he was going to get, um, you know, I was riding a emotional roller coaster and it was just, uh, it was a hellish existence. It, it really was. And I'm just so grateful for this program. I am so grateful for abstinence and it is absolutely a miracle, an absolute miracle. So, uh, it took me for a long, long time to get abstinent and uh, to remain abstinent. Now, like I say, it's been 11 years. I am um, also a, uh, a mother and I'm down to a normal uh, body weight. I wanted to say that as well. And I'm abstaining and doing so happily. So the food isn't calling to me. I'm not white knuckling it. It's not a struggle. It's simply the most loving thing I can possibly do for myself. And that is an absolute miracle. I I just would never, ever believe that I would ever get to the point where it wouldn't be, where I wouldn't be white knuckling it, where I wouldn't be feeling like I'm underwater and I can't wait to get above the water so I can breathe again. I just wouldn't have believed that would ever be possible. But it absolutely is possible day after day, year after year. It is the most loving thing that I can do for myself. It's the most loving, peaceful way of life. And I am truly um, living a life beyond my wildest dreams. I truly am. I am a uh, a mother. I have four young adult children. Um, three of them have autism. One very, very severe. Uh, both my sons may never live on their own. Uh, the two that are higher functioning also have mental illness. They have schizoaffective disorder. Uh, my husband is a cancer survivor. He's on a feeding tube. And he uh, has ongoing chronic health issues, but absolutely, I because of this program, I am living a life beyond my wildest dreams. Not because my circumstances have changed, but because my attitude about my circumstances has been transformed through the working of the steps and through the relationship with my higher power. And it's simply a beautiful, beautiful thing. All thanks be to my higher power. So uh, I can't believe it really um, to have to go into my closet and have one size of clothes is just an absolute miracle um, to not have all these different sizes there. You know, it, it's just I did, never thought I would. Uh, it is an absolute God success. It is not my success. It is my higher power success. So. What happened? You know, what people will ask me, well, what happened? What was it that made the difference for you? And all I can say is I finally got to the point 
finally, finally got to the point where I realized, oh my goodness, this is life or death. This will take me out. The writing was on the wall. Like I say, my heart was doing all kinds of weird things. Um, uh, my knees hurt, my hips hurt. I was in, uh, you know, pain. Um, emotionally, I was not there for my family. I was a rager. Um, I would uh, make up reasons of why I could fight so I could stay away from my family so I could go and eat. It was a hellish existence. It was a lonely existence. And I finally, it just, I came face to face with the fact that this is going to kill me. Um, it may be, and all I have to look forward to is a lot more pain and a tremendous amount of suffering and an early death. That's really all I have to look forward to. And so for anyone out there uh, who is struggling, uh, all I can say is in the beginning, uh, I needed personally to clearly identify all of my alcoholic foods and behaviors and put them down 100% and grab hold of this program with all the enthusiasm that a drowning person grabs a life preserver and work this like my life depends on it because it absolutely does. And that's what I did. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Once I did that, there was an amazing sense of calm around the food. It was like where I thought only chaos was ever going to be possible for the rest of my life. It was like the sea was calm and it was a strange thing to have uh, neutrality around the food. And it's amazing, amazing gift. And because my disease gets worse, never better, you know, uh, Foods that I thought were once abstinence, uh, one, you know, I'll continue along and certain foods will start to kind of, oh, you know, I'm thinking about that a little too much. I'm really wanting a little more of that, you know. And so I believe that's a normal part because our disease gets worse, never better to then find things that were once abstinent to now say, you know what, God, please help me to just take this off my list. And put this on my red light food list because, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's become an issue for me. And, um, so I believe that's a normal part of, of my disease. So this is such a beautiful program. And for me, I wanted to direct our attention to page, uh, 62. I love this chapter, um, how it works back in the day when I first started. That's how they started the meetings where they, they always read chapter five, how it works, starting with rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And I can say that today, um, that if you thoroughly follow this path, you will recover. This program absolutely works 100%. So um, for me, this really boils down to, you know, when I came into program, I was seeking my ease and comfort from food. I put the food down and then I realized, wow, you know what? I am seeking my ease and comfort from uh, trying to control others and circumstances. Uh, just like it says in this chapter about we're the actor and we're trying to um, arrange all the lights, the scenery, the other actors, you know, and we're getting really ticked off when it doesn't happen our way. Um, this pro, I came in seeking my ease and comfort from food. 
I put it down. I realize I'm trying to seek it from trying to control others and circumstances. And this program has taught me that I now have a beautiful practice of seeking my ease and comfort from my higher power. And that's a beautiful way of life. And it's a daily moment by moment practice of seeking that ease and comfort from God. So let's look at page 62. The root of my troubles is really my own making. It's my thinking. That's the issue. Um, and I am an extreme example of self-will run riot. I absolutely am. Um, I tell myself things that aren't true. I tell myself, um, you know, things that are fearful, dishonest, self-seeking on a daily basis. I pretend that I already know the way life needs to go. I know the way my husband needs to act. I know the way my children need to act. I know the way that life needs to go. And I can get rightfully ticked off when it's not going that way. Because if you think about a um, a solar system with the sun in the middle and the planets revolving around the sun, well, I thought, I didn't realize this, but this is actually my concept of reality. I thought I'm in the center and everything is supposed to revolve around me. It's supposed to go the way I know it needs to go. But this program has taught me that no, precious Donnie, uh, actually your higher power is in the center and everything is supposed to revolve around your higher power. And it's a different way of looking at life. So now, rather than me trying to make up the way I know everybody needs to act, now I'm pausing and I'm asking, what is your will, God? Please help me to see this situation more like you see it, God. Help me to see this other person more like you see them, God. And that sacred pause where I ask for God to direct my thinking is a beautiful, beautiful practice that I get to do now on a daily basis, moment by moment. Pausing and asking, help me to see this situation more like you see it, God. Help me to love my daughter as you would delight in her loving me. And as you would delight in me loving her, God. And thinking of uh, God as my director, as it says in that bottom paragraph on page 62, you know, what's my line here, God? A director gives the actors the script and they're supposed to follow it. It helps the, the actors know how to act. So I'm pausing and asking my director, how would you have me act in this situation, God? Give me my line. What's my line here? What would you have me say, God? Give me your words. Speak through me. Help me to see this person and treasure them as you would delight in me seeing them and delight in me treasuring them and loving them, God. Your will be done, not mine. And it's a beautiful way of life. And it also says in that bottom paragraph there on page 62, I need to quit playing God. It doesn't work. I used to introduce myself in meetings as, hi, my name is Dawn, and I'm a recovering higher power. Because that was really, I mean, it's accurate. Hey, call it as you uh, call it as it is. Um, but I realize in this program, I have to quit playing God. It does not work. It absolutely does not. And it also says in this paragraph that God is my principal and I am God's agent. So what does that mean? That's a concept from the financial uh, world of Bill W. The principal, uh, the agent, the agent actually has a legal responsibility to work for whatever the principal's goals are. Whatever is the principal's um, wishes and desires and best interests, that agent 
their whole job is to work for whatever the principal wants and whatever the principal's will is. So my job is to work for whatever God's goals are. Whatever God wants, that's to be the most important thing for me. Not what I want, not what's in my best interest from my small perspective. My whole job and uh, what I'm being paid for and my legal responsibility is to make God's will my only goal. And so that's what I say to myself throughout the day. May your will be my only goal, God. Your will be done, not mine. Your will be done, not mine. And it's a different way of life. It's a uh, paradigm shift. It's a game changer uh, in life. God. It also says, God is my father um, and I am his child. So this is talking about the perfect parent. This isn't talking about, you know, maybe the parent that we had that was a little sketchy here and there, perhaps. This is talking about the the parent who loves us infinitely, who delights in us exactly as we are who cherishes us, who wants to be around us and listen to everything that we have to say and wants is, has our back and is there for us, treasuring us and encouraging us uh, and wants nothing more than to assure us that we are safe and we are loved and we are protected and we are so well cared for. That is the, uh, beautiful relationship that I believe is being talked about here. My uh, God is my father, my perfect parent, and I am his precious, precious child. And that's a beautiful, beautiful way of life. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. So this idea, this con, these concepts that I've just been talking about, uh, is the keystone. So that means it's the most important stone in an arch. It's the top center stone at the top of an arch and all the other stones push on this stone. Uh, and it has to be, it's often a wedge shaped and, uh, it has to be really, really strong. And, um, because it is responsible for the success of the entire arch. And so this concept. God being my director, me looking for God for what I'm to say and how I'm to act. Uh, God being the principal, me making God's will my only goal. And God being my father where I trust that God loves me and treasures me and has my back and is always there for me and delights in me. This is a key to the successful arch through which I pass to freedom. So this is a, a foundational concept, if you will. And then it goes on. So when I sincerely take such a position on the top of page uh, 63, all sorts of remarkable things happen. So here's where the miracle happens. When I have this foundation, I have a new employer being all powerful. uh, He provides what I needed if I keep close to him and perform his work well. Uh, We have aides that come in and work every day of the week with our um, sons. And uh, one of our aides was, he would often sit at the table and just do his own stuff. He'd look at his phone. He's working on his computer, but not working. Used to drive me insane. 
And I would do so many 10 steps on this poor, poor guy. And, uh, and, you know, I say something to him, you know, I'd kind of go over the priority and just, just sit there on his phone, you know, would not be working, drove me. Oh my goodness. And then I finally realized through one of my 10 steps, you know what? That is me. What he's doing, that's me. When I'm sitting here throughout my daily life and I'm forgetting to even be aware that I have an employer, God is my employer. I'm supposed to be working. I'm supposed to be asking my employer for my priorities and doing those priorities. And instead, I get distracted with my own busyness and I forget I even have a higher power. And I try to work, think it's all on my shoulders. I think it's all up to me that I got to work it out, that I got to fix it, that I got to do this, you know? And I'm totally distracted in my own little world. My husband told me, you know what? It's like we have spiritual autism. Uh, our young son, uh, he would, you know, just be off in his own little world. It was really, he would not look us in the face. And so we would often be saying to him, look at me, look at me, eyes on me, eyes on me. We would often say to him that, and my husband commented, that's, that's like what God does for us. You know, God's trying to get our attention throughout the day. And we're off in our own little world, doing our own little thing. We're so distracted and it's like we have spiritual autism, you know, we're just in our, you know, and God's trying to get our attention to let us know that we are loved. We are cherished. You're not on your own, sweetheart. Here, uh, let me help you with this. Honey, come here. Let me hold you. Slow down so that you can feel my love for you, sweet one. My precious, precious daughter. Uh, God calls me Donnie. Uh, that's what I uh, believe that God you know, uses that endearing term. And so Donnie, come here. You know, let me hold you, sweet one. You're not in this alone, precious sweetheart. Just relax into my loving presence and let me hold you. Come here and let, let's sit and let's rock in the chair. And just rest now, precious one. All is well, sweetie. All is well. I love you more than you can begin to comprehend with your mind. All is well, precious one. And that's what we, that's the kind of relationship that I get to practice during the day. So instead of being in my own little world, I'm asking my higher power, what are your priorities? What would you have me focus on? What would you have me do? And when we do that, uh, we become less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs, those things that we make up in our, in our minds that we know the way life needs to go. And we, we put those aside and more and more we become interested in seeing what we can contribute to life. And when we do this, we feel a new power flow in. We enjoy peace of mind and we discover that we can face life successfully as we become conscious of God's presence. We begin to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We are reborn. Wow. Beautiful. Absolutely. This is the path. So now we're at step three and we say this to our maker, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And this is a beautiful, I love this sentence. So I visualize myself placing myself like building material into God's hands. So I'm a, I'm a brick 
and I put it in God's hands and I say, God, I don't know what you're building. I don't need to know. You're the one doing the building. I just put myself in your hands and say, do with me what you will. You know, I may have thought I always wanted to be a, um, a, uh, a house. I wanted to be the wall in a house, a beautiful brick house, but your uh, goal for me is to be a bridge. So whatever you're building with me, God, that's what I want to do. I don't know what it needs to look like, but you do. And I see the time. I see the time there. Thank you. You know what you're building with me. And I offer myself up and I place my hands and I ask for your will to be my only goal. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And that bondage of self, I believe, is me torturing myself, thinking I already know the way life needs to look and what's happening should not be happening. That's bondage. That's torture. When I decide that I know the way better than God, the way life needs to be going, and this should not be happening. That's bondage to self. So relieve me, God, of thinking that I know the way life needs to be and so that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Uh, My husband a while back was um, very, very ill. And I didn't know if he was going to make it through the night. And I... At the time, I was, uh, you know, thinking, you know, God, please direct my thinking, your understanding, not mine of the situation. And I said, please, may your will be my only goal. And that's what got me through that event. When I can surrender and make God's will my only goal. It's a beautiful thing. My whole body relaxes. And then I can just let go and say, your will be done, God, not mine, God. Your will be done, not mine. And I can relax and be helpful. And I can experience peace of mind regardless of circumstances. And that's what this program teaches me. That's the treasure here. Surrender. Make God's will my only goal. May your will be done, not mine, God. Help me to see the situation more like you see it. Help me to love this person, God, more like you would have me love them. May your will be done, not mine. And it's a beautiful, beautiful way of life. And then I can experience peace that's not dependent on circumstances. When I place my life and all things into God's hands, miracles happen. And it's a beautiful, beautiful way of life. May all of us surrender today and just Relax in those loving arms and be carried through the day. All is well. You are loved beyond what you can begin to comprehend with your mind. All is well. It's a beautiful way of life. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today and for speaking with all of you. Blessings to you. Oh, Dawn, thank you so much for your message of depth and weight. I'm just going to read a little page out of um, uh, the big book after you spoke, page 431. I appreciate, I I have a wonderful job that most days I appreciate. I am active in AA service work and have both a sponsor and several sponsees with whom it is a privilege to work. All of those are gifts from God. I express my gratitude by enjoying them. I once knew a woman who was crying before a meeting. She was approached by a five-year-old girl who told her, you don't have to cry here. This is a good place. They took my daddy and they made him better. That is exactly what AA OA did for me. It took me and it made me better. For that, I am inter- eternally grateful. 
So we'll stop the recording there. If we just give the 